Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Full 40 with Chris and Rob. It is our quote-unquote back-to-school podcast. It's, it been, is, it's been a hot minute. Yeah, it's been like two months? three weeks since two? the students are back oh, on yeah. campus and two months or th- two or three months since we did a last <laughs> podcast. It's been a long summer, uh, but we're back. We're here, yeah, and we're ready to talk about 2018, 2019, and everything that's happened over the summer. Uh, so we're excited. I'm pretty excited. I don't know about you, but it's yeah. good to be back. And you know what? We did this intentionally. We we didn't want to fill your inbox and fill your podcast with all of just filler content. So we keep it quality. That's why we had the delay. That's what I'm. That's the story I'm sticking to. I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's not true at all. But so anyway, students. You've probably already had tests and like projects and stuff Sometimes. that you've already do- had to do, but welcome back to school, I guess. Yeah. Um, and we're making this podcast kind of like a syllabus week of sorts. We're going to tell you about the upcoming schedule, Yep. all of that that's going to happen this year, and then Rob and I are going to get absolutely wasted Yes. immediately usual. following this podcast. I don't know why, but because it is a Sunday, but we're just going to go for it, evidently. Yes. Okay, great. So, a lot's happened, right? It's been a busy summer. It's been a very, very unique summer in in, in the case of, and we're just going to jump right into it, Brian Antoine. Brian Antoine, We yeah. beat everybody for a top 15 five-star recruit. All we do, we're Villanova, that's all we do, we just win. Yeah, are you tired of winning yet? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'll take some more. Yes, yeah. please. We'd like, please, sir, I want some more. <laughs> we like winning, so we're just going to keep doing it. Yeah. And, you know, as we know, that's Jay Wright's motto. Just keep winning until everyone's sick of winning. Yes, and he's been doing a lot of it. But, yeah, so Brian Antoine, huge upset. Crystal balls, everybody had him going to Duke. And then he was just like, nah, Villanova's awesome. He loved, quote, I think it was like the family atmosphere and winning and all this great stuff. Being close to home. Being close to home. And let's be honest, he just loves Jay Wright and wants to be in the system, etc. He does talk about potentially being a one and done. Yes. Potentially, though, he says the right things. He He says the things that Jay Jay wants us to, that Jay is looking for in a recruit who might want to be a one and done. In that, I'm going to work hard. I want to be. I want like if if one and done is possible, I want to go be it. But I want to be a part of the program. I want to go to college. I want to enjoy that experience. If that has to be one year, two year, three year, four, whatever, that's what I'm here for. And that's what Jay looks for in his guys. And he says it all the time. He said, "We'll take the one and done guys, yeah. but but they they got to want to go to college." Yeah. And I, I feel like I feel like Brian Antoine's already got the Villanova media training. <laughs> like his statement that he put out is like, "Oh yeah, this checks all the boxes." <laughs> I'm gonna say everything and simultaneously say nothing. Right. But it's great. It like, is. He seems like he's got the right attitude. He's obviously super talented, and I don't know if we're quite rounding out our recruiting class for next year. Like this is crazy. We're already talking about next year, but we've already got three really amazing guys if this is the end of the recruit class we're in phenomenal yeah shape. we don't really need another player yeah although i think jay's plan is to get one more guy i, I think that would be the idea that would um, be the idea. should we talk a little bit about brian antoine so yeah brian let's antoine, talk yeah. yeah let's talk about brian rob give it give me give us a little bit of a lowdown on on brian antoine and what makes him special um what makes him special i've heard he's good at basketball Good, good. Good at basketball. That's important. It is important. Anyway, so in all seriousness, Brian Antoine is a, a shooting guard. He'd probably play the two, probably play the three. Hell, if you put the ball in his hands with the one, he'd probably be okay. Word on the street is his decision-making is better than Jalen Brunson. No. That's just, that's, no. The, that's the word on the street. No, anyway. that's not possible. All right, all right. Um, definitely not. But yeah, so plays a shooting guard primarily. He's like 6'5 or so, 170. Um, so definitely a little lankier. Six five one seventy. That's that's what the stats say. He needs I'm five ten one eighty five. That's problematic. <laughs> he may need to he may need to hit the uh, gym. Shaq will get him in shape. But yeah, he's a guy who's evidently supposed to be a great shooter. Um, can break it down off the dribble too. And I'm expecting some pretty awesome acrobatics. Um, I'm sensing a little JQ to Brian Antoine next year. Just gonna be like straight fire all over the place. Just. Throwing it Provided down. JQ is not a one and done. And is eligible. But and anyway. Eligible. <laughs> oh, details. <laughs> Eligibility aside. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But yeah, he should be pretty awesome. A guy who comes in, you would be absolutely shocked, shocked if he's not starting. So he presumably takes over the two spot next year, which will be pretty cool. Like we said, we beat out Duke for him, which was really cool. And then the other two guys we have in our recruiting class already for next year, as a reminder, we've got Justin Moore, who is now a top, I think he's a top 50 guy, top 50 recruit. Yep. And both he and Brian Antoine are actually attending the uh, like US, Team USA like junior camp or right. whatever it is, like elite high school camp. Um, so definitely getting a lot of recognition for both them. Justin Moore's another guy. He's a shooter. He's like a 2-3. Um, so great combo there. Like a lot of deadly firepower already. Maybe that's like too dark. I shouldn't use that. But anyway, um, it is what it is. And then the last guy we've got is is Eric Eric, Eric Big Baby Dixon. Eric Big Baby Dixon. I'm already annoyed. He was the him. first guy in this new he class. He was. Yeah, yeah. And he committed in April. Yeah, like a while back. Right? And then, and then Justin Moore followed up uh, a few weeks later, I think. Yeah. And, then, and then now we got... Mr. Antoine. Yeah, Mr. Antoine. But yeah, Dixon Dixon is going to be a much-needed presence because he plays down low. And right now, our down low is obviously looking like looking like DCR, who, as we established last year, is the most complete, most elite big man freshman to ever come through the Villanova program. Uh, yeah. I've now expanded to ever come e- through ever. Villanova. Not Better Tim, than Tim, Tim Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. Better Any than Omari Spellman. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah no, right. no, okay. no. DCR was better. It was uh, he got shafted in the draft. You know, I, I just don't understand what happened. Like the NBA scouts totally missed the boat on him. Um, but but in all seriousness, we have DCR, who I do love as a player. He obviously has, uh, I would say, some holes in his game that he needs to fill. And complimenting him this year, we'll see what he does. Tim, not Tim the Hulk Delaney. Oh my God, no, Dylan Tim the artist. Tim Hips Delaney and, and Dylan, Dylan the Hulk. artist. The Hulk. Now the Hulk painter. Which, if you haven't checked out Shackleton's Instagram, go check it out. Because good God, painter put on some serious muscle. I don't know if he can play basketball yeah, yeah, still. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like it's like the key question. But he looks very strong. Yeah, yeah. he looks terrific. <laughs> which, like, without maybe, a basketball, without a bas- which, like, look, maybe when we play against Azubuke this year, maybe that's what we need. Just stand there, just kind of push him, like, just absorb five fouls, uh, yeah, knock I don't him care to the how ground. How much whatever. muscle Dylan Painter put on? He ain't moving Azubuke. Uh, Azubuke is a beast, man. That guy is. Whew. Anyway, all right. So yes, so Eric Dixon will hopefully give us some much needed presence. In the post, which will be good. He's supposed to be a little bit more of a shooter as well, too. I don't think he has quite Omari Spellman range, but he'll at least be able to pull people out of the paint, which will be nice, and stretch the defense. That's recruiting. That's recruiting. We've got, oh, do we want to hit on real quick who we're still looking at for, we've got a couple, I'll hit on real quick, and then we can move on. So, like we said, if our recruiting class ends like it is today, that's awesome. Um, there's still a couple guys that we're, we're targeting. The biggest name we're still going after is this guy, Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart, jeez. Stewart. 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 Um, <laughs> who's the center? Would be another elite five-star center. Definitely projected to go to Duke, but so was Brian Antoine. Maybe we'll be able to, be able to pull the upset Boom. there. Boom. What about, is there a guy named Wong who we're looking at? Wong, I don't know. There's a guy. Is it Isaiah Wong? There, think was so. there an Isaiah Wong? I think he's like a lower-rated guy, to be honest. Um, so we probably moved on from him. But I think you're right, there was. Some of the other guys that are still in there. There's this dude, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who listed us in his top five. I hadn't even heard his name come up in recruiting, but evidently we're in like his finalist. So who knows? Maybe we grab him. Also a big man. Um, Isaiah Wong is a uh, four-star. Yeah. Jay, Jay probably gave him a call and was like, yeah, we don't need you anymore. <laughs> five stars five stars only, please, from here on out. Um, so, yeah, so we got Isaiah Wong not on the radar. Cole Anthony definitely talked about as a big name point guard. All these people are getting Duke leans right now, which is bullshit. We'll see how it plays out. So, anyway, maybe we add one more five-star. Maybe we don't. In any case, we're in great shape. We're in great shape. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's move on. Big news that came out this week. The, sched- the schedule. The schedule is here. It's here. We know wh- who we're going to play. Who we're going to beat. Yeah, we know who we're going to beat. And so here's the thing about this year. In our, in, our, in our last podcast, which was a few months ago, we had an honest segment called Who the Hell is on Our Team This Year? <laughs> right? Because yes. because there's been a lot of turnover. Yep. Right? We've had four guys go on to the NBA. We've had some of our walk-ons even graduate, didn't make the NBA. <laughs> 
it was a close call, but they weren't able <laughs> to make it. Um, Matt Kennedy. And call. and we've brought on a lot of new players. Yeah. We've brought on Joe Cremo, a transfer. <sighs> he really needs to shave the mustache. It's so dirty. Yeah. So Joe Cremo's now with us. Yeah. Albany graduate transfer guy. Yep. Right? Shooter. Shooter. Sharp shooter. Shooter McGavin. Yep. And then we have and then we have another four guys who are freshmen coming into the program. So a lot of new faces. Yep. And a lot of faces who we got very accustomed to in Jalen and Mikhail and and well not as much Omari, but yep. yeah. Dante the decision maker DiVincenzo. And then Dante DiVincenzo no longer in the program. So there's a lot of question marks about this season. Yep. But Screw that. We're going to tell you exactly how we're going to do in every single game. Yeah. We have, there are no question marks in our mind. We, yeah. We know. Yeah. We're, we know. We have is. this on lock. Yeah. So we know how exactly this is going to play out because Fun. because we're doing a podcast and you're not. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> right. I, think that, I think that about sums it up. Perfect. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so first is we have Hoops Mania coming up in like a couple weeks. It's going to be a tough, a tough game. Yeah. Hoops Mania is who's going to win the dunk contest? And if you're not named Eric Pascal, I'm not sure you could win. I think it's going to be Eric Pascal. Actually, before we even get into the schedule, let's just talk about how awesome Eric Pascal is going to be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we didn't. We took a break for like two months. While we took a break, Eric Pascal did not take a break. Yeah. He was just crushing it. Like absolutely crushing. The this summer, summer circuit was kind to Eric Pascal. Yes. He was at what was it? The Nike Skills Camp. And and the and the. The vibe coming out of that camp, what people were saying coming out of that camp, was that Eric Paschal was the best senior pro prospect at that camp. I thought I read a couple things that said he was basically like the bet, like one of just the best players. Period. Not yes. even just seniors. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So he clearly has put himself in a good spot. Potential leading candidate for Big East Player of the Year this year. Yeah. Um, I is would that, say Shamori Pons probably also has a... <laughs> yeah, you love your Shamori Pons. Um, he's very athletic. Shamori Pons has a lot of... Has, wait, know, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Like, I understand that I'm, like, weirdly obsessed with St. John's. Yeah. But Shamori Pons also, last year, let's not forget, basically beat us and also basically beat Duke That's true. by himself. That's true. We'll give right? him the credit. So... The credit when credit's due. Shimori is at least a name brand. All right, but this is not a Shimori Pons podcast. No, this is going to, okay, it's not back a to Eric Pons. Pascal. Anyway, so Eric Pascal is just going to jock on everyone yes. this entire year. He is he can ju- jump above the rim. Right? Oh my gosh! Yes. Speaking of Instagram videos, go check out. I can't remember if he posted it or whoever posted it. The height he got on his dunks is nuts right now. Yeah, he could shoot the ball. Which we didn't think he could in the first half of last year, and then realized that he was maybe the best shooter on the team in the second half of last Unreal. year. Unreal. Uh, so he could dunk like and like any like everybody. Yep. Right. He can shoot the lights out of the ball, and he's big, tough, rebounder, etc. And he also has an underrated handle. Yes. He Eric Pascal has. I won't go as far as say complete package, but he's as good a player as we're going to have at our at the top of our. Yeah. Top of our list. This side of, like, Jalen Brunson. Yeah. He also... So, it's been an interesting transformation. So, Eric Pascal started his college career at Fordham, right? Yep. And he was just kind of, like, playing, like, whatever, pure athleticism there. He was, like, a little bit of a bigger guy. He transfers into Villanova. Still a little bit of a bigger guy. His first year playing at Nova, he was playing the five, right? right. Remember? That's when we had just Daryl Reynolds and Eric Pascal. So, he, like, he was, like, pretty bulky. And I think that was intentional. Yeah. He is he slimmed down like a good bit last year, which definitely helps like the speed, the quickness, everything. You look at his pictures this summer, I'm like, oh shit. Like he's gonna gain another step or two. This is my dream scenario, right? Okay. So the Kansas game, right? Kansas Final Four, Omari Spellman, and it happened against like West Virginia too. Omari Spellman's just like draining threes, right? Like Azabuke is like tries to step out, just gets his ass beat, like yeah. to the hoop, whatever. My dream scenario is that Jay says, fuck it, we're going small against Kansas. <laughs> Puts Pascal at the five, and Azabuke has to get drawn out again to the three-point line, and Pascal just runs right by him. That's, that's my dream scenario. I want to see it happen a couple times. We'll see. I don't know. Well, it's not out of the realm of possibility. You call it a dream scenario. That's like a thing that will probably happen. <laughs> it's like a legitimate <laughs> basketball strategy. Yeah. They might do that. <laughs> but that being said, 
I think that the biggest determining factor on Pascal's year, whether or not we're talking about a guy who is going to be high-level player, but like run-of-the-mill high-level player, yeah. or we're talking Big East Player of the Year honors, potentially encroaching on All-American-type honors, is Demir Cosby Roundtree. Yeah. How, how much? How, long how much play? can Demir Cosby Roundtree jump freshman year to sophomore year playing the five? Because if... Uh, Pascal is allowed to play the four comfortably. Yes. Then he has shown that he will be elite in that position. Yes. Right? And that is a critical element. If Pascal is forced to play down low and bang around on defense with the five, I could see him getting tired out. Yeah. Absolutely. Playing that way. So Demir Cosby Roundtree needs to step up. Had a great freshman campaign. Right? Playing like 10 but, minutes but a game. But Demir Cosby Roundtree needs to be a better sophomore than Daryl Reynolds was a senior. Yes, I think it's fair. He and doesn't need to be Omari Spellman last no, year. No, no. But he needs to be better than Daryl Reynolds was as a senior. Yeah, and look, Jay Wright, I think you're spot on with this. And Jay Wright is obviously a much, I mean, he's, he's probably a little bit better basketball coach than either of you or I. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure he recognizes this, and you'd have to think, he's basically game planning the entire summer around like, how do I keep DCR on the court for has to be over 20 minutes a game? And then, like, maybe I can get five minutes from Dylan Painter. So then I've got 25 minutes covered, which more or less is like, hey, that's what Spellman played. That's good enough because then it's you, then enough, you run yeah. a death lineup yeah. where Pascal is at the five and you're just... And that's okay. And you're just shooting threes from everywhere. I agree. I agree. Right? A hyper-efficient death lineup. Yeah, but we need at least 20 minutes from DCR. I think that's a, it's a great point. All right, so obviously we're pretty bullish on Mr. Pascal, but we started this segment talking about the schedule. We obviously yeah, deviated. So, Let's yeah, get back to the schedule. A big <laughs> tangent on how good Eric Pascal is. Yes. But so Hoops Mania is coming up in a couple weeks. I heard there might not be a performer. Whoa. But I don't know if there's any truth to that rumor. I just basically read a tweet, so it must be true. Must be true. Right? It's on That's, the internet. We live in a post-facts world, so... Yeah, even if it's not true. It's true to you, it's and it's true. true to me. Yeah, so exactly right. You said it. Yeah, that's right. You said it. People are saying people there are might say, not be a People are saying, and so, you know, <laughs> believe me, it might, yeah, it's, that's the thing. So then we have the October 13th, Saturday, at the Finneran Pavilion, the Blue-White Scrimmage. Yes. I predict blue will win the game. That's that's bold. Most experts are saying people are saying white is going to win. Yeah. But, but you're saying blue. I'm saying blue. Okay. Anyway. Um, but then but then let's talk about the actual season. Yes. So so we have November sixth. The season opens up a Tuesday versus scary Big Morgan game. State Big University. Game. Big game at the Finneran Pavilion. It's exciting. New pavilion. Big news. Morgan State Bears. <laughs> There's the Bears. I'm glad you checked. I would have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So so look, I, I think we're gonna win this game. We can I, I think, think we can safely safe. move yeah. on. Yeah. Then we have a homecoming of sorts. Mr. Coach Baker Dunleavy. Baker will be coming back with his Quinnick Piac. Bobcats, I'm calling. We're going with Bobcats. That, <laughs> the, the image, the the image schedule, looks like a Bobcat. It doesn't say what it is. I'm saying it's a Bobcat. It looks like a Bobcat. I think I've heard that before. Okay. So we'll go Quinnipiac is playing Villanova November 10th. It's a Saturday, 8 p.m., late start. Student section is going to be hammered. That's at Wells Fargo, though. That's brutal. At the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. going to go to that. <laughs> they might. They oh, it's, sa- it's Saturday. It's, it's Saturday. a Saturday, Saturday 8 o'clock okay. game. Right, right. They'll go. Yeah. We're, we're hoping that they're going to go. FS2, so Jesus. So oh. no one's going to actually watch it on television. Yeah, we tried to do some research for the schedule by going to Fox Sports' college basketball website. <laughs> Which hasn't been updated since April 10th. Which, like, I kid you not, go to Fox Sports' college basketball website. The first video on there, because all they have are videos. They don't do articles. There's actually no production. It's literally just replays of their in-studio segments. The first video on there is Villanova winning the national championship. It's August. They're not trying to. It is September. It's September. (laughs) It's September. We're literally closer to October than we are to August. Anyway. Okay. So, yes. So, we've got Quinnipiac. Great. Okay. So, then then that's fun and and great and everything. But then, rematch. Rematch. Of the national championship. We got that uh, Big Ten, Big East 
uh, early season, the Gavit games, uh, and we're hosting the University of Michigan Wolverines. I know their name. Yes. Right at the Pavilion, which cool. is pretty cool. Yeah. Except for the fact it's at six thirty p.m. <laughs> so like on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. <laughs> Whoops. So interesting schedule time, but whatever it is, what it is. Would be probably the biggest game going on of that day. It's going to be, yeah, of that day. It's going to be an interesting game. Like, obviously, it's exciting because it's a rematch. The teams that are playing in this are going to be very different than the teams that played. Yeah, basically, the names on the front of the jerseys are the same. Yeah. Everything else is different. And Michigan looks like shit this offseason. They did a trip to Spain, which normally these trips abroad are like, oh, we'll go play some teams, like get some good competition and win by like 20 points. They went one and two in their three games. Not good. Not great. <laughs> it's not great. So, so yeah. They, they, so they lost Abdul Rahman. They've lost um, Mo. Mo. Mo, the composer Wagner. The composer. Right. So they lost their two of their better players. Yeah. Right. Certainly their most experienced And players. one of their good reserves as well. And then they also, but their big guy coming back is Poole, right? The guy who hit the... No, he's not that good. Charles Matthews is their, their best Charles guy. Charles Matthews. And then Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole hit the big shot, but he's actually hit not the big that good. Shot. Okay. Um, anyway. So that's Michigan. I'm predicting a 3-0 and start to the season. Should be. That'd and be then smart. we jump into the Advocare Invitational, which is the tournament that we're playing... It's down at Disney, but like most of these tournaments, we have an early season. We have a pregame on campus versus Furman. I <laughs> know absolutely nothing about them. We're, we're not so going to talk about So we're just going to move past yeah. that one, 4-0, right? We play Canisius College. Same. Moving. 5-0. <laughs> yeah. I think they're somewhere near Buffalo. Uh, yes. I think that's right. Okay. So that's as much as I know about them. We're going to beat them. Great. Okay. So that's on Thanksgiving Day. And then... Friday, November third to November twenty third, we play either Memphis or Oklahoma State. So not bad teams. Yeah, interesting. So we got either a Big Twelve team in Oklahoma State or Memphis, which is in the American Athletic Conference. But interesting news with Memphis is that they just hired Penny Hardaway, a former player of theirs, to be the coach. So who knows what that's to make of? I think that they were like a borderline NIT team type last year. Yeah. So. You never know. They could be trending in the right direction. It's, you don't know with a new coach. It's going to be interesting. I mean, Penny's gotten a lot of buzz on the recruiting trail. He's reeled in some high-profile recruits, especially for next year already. I think, yeah, the question mark is, what is he able to do as a coach? We'll see. There's some talent on the team. It's not going to be a cakewalk like Canisius and Furman are. So it's it's a good test, assuming we assuming we end up playing Memphis, OK State, yeah. like you said. I think also not a bad team. I don't know much about them. But it should, again, be pretty competitive. And then you have the other side of the bracket. Which, which is we, very good. Which is good, right? The LSU is in there. Yep. Um, Florida State. Florida State. Both who, top the, 25 so teams. FSU would probably be the home the home team in this situation because it's in Orlando. Yeah. LSU doesn't have a long commute either. Right. But I both those teams – so look, I mean – Obviously, last year we banked on playing. We were going to play Purdue, and then we were going to play Arizona, Arizona, and then they both lost, which is yeah. unreal. So assuming that doesn't happen, we'll end up playing either LSU or Florida State, which both of which would be another good early season test. Early se- Good well. early season test, both losable games. Absolutely. So, so we're just going to say here that we're going to advance to the championship yeah. of – the Advocare Invitational, and take on one of those two teams. We do think we'll get by them, right? We're gonna so. we're gonna say we're gonna start the season uh, eight and zero or think, seven and zero. I think so. Yeah, and then and then so this is really interesting. Oh. I know we've been doing a, some of this of late, but this is in particular uh, an interesting situation, which is that they scheduled back to back to back to back to back. All of the big five games on our schedule are just in a four-game stretch. Yeah. So if we have any new listeners out here who aren't familiar, maybe you're freshmen, whatever, who aren't familiar with big five basketball, you've basically got five Philly schools. They play each other every year. It's Villanova, LaSalle, Temple, St. Joe's, Penn. It's usually kind of sprinkled throughout the early season schedule. This time, like Chris said, we actually have all four of these games in a row, which is pretty weird. And all the teams suck. 
They're not supposed to be good this <laughs> They're year. They're horrible. Again, yet again, we say this is like a waste of four games. But I will say... Penn made s- the tournament last year. Okay, okay. But the, I will say this. Our schedule is actually challenging. Our out-of-conference schedule is actually pretty challenging this year. Like, we've got a number of high-profile games and... Challenging relative to, to clarify, challenging relative to season expectations this year. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Right, because... Let's be honest, our expectations are a little bit lower this year. Last year, we had a national championship caliber team. Yep. This year, we're probably still going to be top 10-ish, mm-hmm. right? When when the AP poll, when the first AP preseason drops. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think we'll probably be around 10. Uh, I think a lot of that is, you know, based on recent past. I think we're getting program ranked now. Yeah. Uh, I think if you actually look at what's come from off the team, a, a reasonable observer would argue or could argue that Villanova is due for a bigger step back to maybe be like a top 20 team Mm -hmm. also then, but you could also make the argument that looking around the country, who is good, right? And then also looking around our conference, it's not looking good. Conference is horrible. Right? So so the big five, we should win the big five 4-0. Yes. Right? But anything can happen, especially because – these are rivalry games, and you know it could get a little weird. But but we do have the easier quote unquote version of the Big Five this year. We play Temple and St. Joe's at home. Yeah, and we play at LaSalle and at Penn, both at the Palestra. Both at the Palestra, which is interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. So fine, I think we win those four games. So that puts us what at twelve, twelve and zero. Uh, eleven. Four plus three. We're good at math here. Seven. Yeah. That puts us at eleven and zero. Okay. Um, and then comes the big test. Love the it. The fall semester final, if you will. Yes. Right. At Allen Fieldhouse, home to the Kansas Jayhawks. So it is interesting that in the early part in 2018, in calendar 2018, we'll play Michigan and Kansas twice. I love it. I love which it. is pretty cool. And this so, is actually like the coolest schedule we've had in recent memory. And just the opportunity to play at Kansas Very is, cool. is really cool. Yeah. So we're going to take a minor pause here and talk about a couple different things. <laughs> First, the game itself. At Allen Fieldhouse on a Saturday, noon game, right before the students, probably the students are finished with finals. My guess is they'll hang out and go to this game. So the atmosphere is going to be nuts. And it's a big stadium, by the way. We we didn't know this. Yeah. Allen Fieldhouse seats sixteen thousand people. Yeah, it's like just a bit smaller than the Wells Fargo Center. So, and it's going to be all Kansas fans. And it's a box like the Palestra is. Yeah. So it's going to be wild. It's going to be awesome. Um, KU's going to be pissed. They're a lot. They're returning a good amount of players, not a ton, but more than we are. Yeah. They remember very vividly us spanking them in the Final Four last year, and. They're going to be pissed. They're going to really come into this game wanting to kick our ass. Yeah. And they've got, not only are they they're returning a few players, Azebuke being one of the big guys that they're returning, um, LeGerald Vick. I don't know if anybody actually wants LeGerald Vick on that team, but he'll be there. But they've got some great freshmen coming in. Quentin Grimes is like the stud of their class. They also have a couple transfers from Memphis, actually. I believe it's the Lawson brothers who are eligible this year, and they're both supposed to be Terrific. So a lot of firepower on Kansas. And I think not only are they going to be pissed, if you're Bill Self, you're like, oh, shit, Jay Wright straight up has my number. Yeah. Jay Wright owns Bill Self. Yes. Like um, last year, Final Four, uh, 2016, Elite Eight. Elite Eight. Uh, Battle for Atlantis in, what was that, 2013? Was that 13? Wow. Archie Diacono. Yes, at the buzzer, beating... The Joel Embiid-led team at that point. Oh, no, he wasn't no, really leading. No, Embiid was it. It was, um, uh, what's his name? Oh, no, you're right. It was, um, he's on the Timberwolves. The Canadian kid. I Wiggins. Forget. Wiggins. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins. Yes, there we go. Um, you're right, you're right. That was a good call. But, yeah, so a lot of great recent history where Jay Wright just owns Bill Self. And this has become now a bit of a rivalry of sorts, given that so. we're going to have a home-and-home. So what does a rivalry do? It puts the fans in the seats. Yeah. It drives up ticket prices. It drives up attention, etc. And so you know leading up to this game, first off, it's on ESPN. So ESPN all week is going to be playing ad nauseum replays of recent past, etc. And it's going to get 
these Kansas fans all jacked up and the whole nine yards. Big time game. Yeah. All right. So we've said in the past, come hell or high water, and I should be clear, come hell or high water, operative word or, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we will go to this game. We are flying to Kansas and we're going to this game because A, Allen Fieldhouse is on the short list of sports arenas, not only basketball arenas, yeah. but sports arenas for me to see in this country, for us to see in this country. And it's an amazing tradition, and it's two schools with three national championships apiece duking it out. Amazing experience. On national television. Got to see this in action. Well, apparently we're facing hell and high water it's because fun. the prices to get there and to go to the game are astronomical. Yes. So we just looked at the shittiest seats in the house on StubHub. Yep. And they're going for what, like four hundred plus? Four hundred dollars to get in the door, and that's like a, a shit. Piece a, yeah, per ticket. Yeah, that's like a shit corner seat too. Right. And like, look, yeah, it's it's probably a pretty good arena to watch a basketball game in, but that is the worst seat in the house. If you want not corner seats, you're starting at six hundred. Yeah. And so the good news is it's come down when we looked a couple weeks ago. It was like eight hundred, like to get in the door, which is nuts. Um, so it's trending the right direction. But it's damn expensive. That's well more than we paid for our Sister Jean-sponsored Final Four tickets last year. So, hell and high water have come. We're going to keep monitoring the ticket prices. If I can, I will even, and I'll commit this. If it comes Thursday, the 13th, before this game, and I like the look of the team and, and everything, and the ticket prices are starting to drop, and I can get an airfare... I'll book a last-minute ticket. Wow. And get all right, there. all right, that's bull. I will go. I want to go to this game, but it is going to cost it's, an arm and a leg. It's gonna, not going to be cheap. Linda is not going to be happy. <laughs> um, that's a, that's a you problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk a, a hot minute about the game too. Obviously, um, I gave my dream scenario earlier, and by dream scenario, I mean basic basketball strategy. <laughs> many people would probably employ. I don't think about basketball strategy all that often, as clearly indicated by many of the things I say on so this show. So you got Azubuki. Yeah. You got the Azubuki at the five for Kansas. Yo, what if, what if we do this? What if we put Quinterly at the five and totally throw him off? <laughs> get in, get in. Anyway, yes, Azubuki at the five. Yeah, Azubuki at the five. You got a, a couple other pieces coming back. They did lose some players to the draft. Again, as always, they have a great recruiting class coming in. Yeah. Kansas is supposed to be a top three team this year. Yeah. Um, by some accounts, top one or two. Um, I think Duke has gotten a lot of the headlines because of their rooting, recruiting class that has numbers one, two, and three in it from, from this year. Really ridiculous. But but they're bringing a, they're fielding a really good team, very talented young team this year. Um, and we're a lot of new, and the arena is going to be crazy. So what do you think? We're going to win or we're going to lose? I'm chalking this game up as a loss. Even if I go, I'm expecting to lose. I'm, I'm with you. Rockhawk, Jayhawk, it's a loss. I yeah. Think. Which I, is fine. Think? Like which, ten- is, which, to be clear, I just want to be abundantly clear yeah. with people. We're of the opinion that losing earlier on the season can be very productive for a team that is not suspected, expected, not suspected, that's not <laughs> expected to be like a world-beating team like last year's team yeah. was. I will say, in my view... Losses can be helpful. Yeah, and my view on this has definitely evolved over the years. I remember in 16, when we... Well, actually, it was the year it was 2015, when we played Oklahoma and got, got smoked. And then Absolutely got smoked. smoked at Virginia, which you were at that game. I was at, yeah. But at that point, my mindset was, oh, shit. This is a very much an indication of not only where this team is today, but where this team is going to be come March. Obviously, things transpired, teams evolve... That's just one indicator of where things stand today, not an indicator of where you will be later on in the season. So I agree. It's a great test regardless, win or lose. If we win, that says some great things about the team. If we lose, we'll learn from it, and I'm sure Jay Wright will bust everybody's ass in the gym that next week. Yeah. And we'll we'll take it forward. I think it's as, what what does um, Calipari say? You either win or learn. 
early oh, on in the season. Good. I like that. So All you right. don't lose. You either win or learn. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, so that's so Kansas. I think it's a win or learn game. I think we're going to learn. I think we're, we're going to learn. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get blown out, by the way. I think it'll be a good game, but I think the home crowd at the end, towards the end of the game is going to help Kansas pull away yeah. and have that extra muster. And then a week after that, we play UConn at MSG. Pascal will be back. He'll be pissed off from losing to Kansas, and we're going to absolutely demolish them. New coach. They got a whole new situation going on. Yeah, they're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> UConn's <laughs> in a bad spot. Yeah. Yeah. Either we have the momentum because we beat Kansas, or they're pissed because we lost to Kansas. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a win yeah, for no they're, one. They're fucked. So, um, so we are 11-0 and going into Kansas, and we're 11-1 and after Kansas and 12-1 and after UConn. Entering 12-1, and entering the Big East. And that's when the schedule gets a little weird. So the early word on the schedule, and if you've been in the Twitter space and view hoops, comment sections, etc., the schedule has gotten panned by a lot of people. And I think it's accurate because some weird, really weird scheduling flukes, what I'll call it, and then just some dumb things. But number one is that we're off for 10 days. After a week of being off between Kansas and Yukon, we have off for 10 days before we start after New Year's versus DePaul at home, which is fine. We should wait to we'll beat DePaul. But then like, it, then the schedule has like, just some weird things to it. So I'm not going to go, we're not going to go game by game. As we get closer to the Big East, we're going to talk a little bit more about what to expect from each team. We're going to see how each team evolves. High level summary, we don't think the Big East is good this year. It's not. We're going to win. Yeah. If we don't win, that's something. But this is not a matter of we're going to – like everyone else is going to lose the Big East this year. Less than I think we're going to go out and just win yeah. the Big East this year by virtue of being like the best team, world beater type of team that we've come, become accustomed to. Yeah, We're just going to win the Big East because the Big East isn't good. I agree. Right? So we're just going to point out more scheduling anomalies. First off, the early season we go uh, up until like February – Home away, home away, home away, home away. So you're jerking this team around back and forth like crazy, right? And then, of course, every game is away on a, on a weekend. So we're playing, like, so many weekend games away, which I get. We're every team Super Bowl. Yep. But it's kind of bullshit. Like, the best team in the league, the team that's won two of the last three national championships, should have some more home games on the freaking weekend. Reward the fans, get their butts in the seats, get them excited. And then when we do get a weekend game, they're like Sunday weekend games. Or or what I think they're terming a weekend game, we have an 8.30 Friday night game okay. versus Xavier. Yeah, it's kind of a and at 8.30, game. actually people can get down for that game. It should be pretty wild. That should be a fun one. It should be a fun game. I intend on making it to that game. Should be a good weekend. That's a Xavier game. That's a Xavier yeah. game. So, but Xavier without Chris Mack and without JP Douchebag Makura <laughs> and without Trevon Blewett. Trevon Blewett, who yeah. blew it for his team in the NCAA yeah, they tournament. Were um, so they're going to get, Xavier's going to get stomped on that game. Yeah. Per usual. And then we keep playing. We have, we don't have any, we don't have any <laughs> games off. Like our bye week is at the last week of the season, which I think is pretty good. But if you remember, we always seem to be a little bit banged up Yeah. in like the late January, early February timing. And we don't get that week off until the very last week of the season where we play versus Butler on Saturday, March 2nd, and at Seton Hall on March 9th. Important question. Over or under, how many broken hands this year? I, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put two out. I think out we there. have our quota for like another like 20 years of Villanova Unreal. basketball from Unreal. last year. But Butler, get this, Butler is the first Big East Saturday game at Wells Fargo Center, March second. That's crazy. And oh, by the way, the students will be off for for spring break. Womp womp. So great job scheduling. All right. So yeah, some weird scheduling stuff. We've got this whole biggie schedule. How many games on here do you realistically think we lose? I don't think we're going to lose that many games. I think, what, you look at... At, at Marquette. At Marquette, they should be, be pretty good. I actually think at Georgetown is going to be a tough game this year. Georgetown, I think Ewing's going to be a good coach. I'm, I'm, I believe that yeah. to my core. At St. John's will be certainly get a lot of fanfare. Yep. Um, Shamori Ponds, the whole thing last year, the whole nine yards. 
Um, Mullen, we talked about this on a past podcast. Mullen's going to be a little bit playing for his career yeah. in this in this year. He hasn't proven he can actually coach. He's not probably on the hot seat going into the year, but a bad campaign with Pond still on the team could put him in the hot seat at the end of the season. Absolutely. And if it's an absolutely horrible year, then I think he could get fought. he could get canned next year. Yeah. I, his obviously is standing with them, puts yeah. him in a better spot. Um, so you got at Marquette, you got at St. John's, at and, Butler at, is and, at, tough. and at, at Butler is always tough. And they'll be Butler's going to be a pretty solid team this year. And Creighton yeah, had I'm a not, lot of they lost a lot of people lot this of people. year. I'm not worried about it. Providence is also expected to be Providence pretty good. Be, yeah. At Providence, at the dunk will probably be a pretty. I tough think Providence game. is generally yeah they're going to be good, but I think they're going to be pretty young as well. At this point, I'm seeing. I'm worried about the same games that you're worried about. I think we end up losing three in the Big East schedule. I think it's going to be at Marquette. I think we'll pick up a loss in one of the Butler games. Maybe it's at Butler. Maybe it's here. I don't know. And then I think I could see I could see the St. John's game getting away from us for some reason. So I think we've got three losses in the Big East schedule. Of note, we haven't lost a home game versus Seton Hall in like 20 years or something like that. And I don't think it's going to be the year. Yeah. So, all right. And we haven't lost back-to-back games. Yeah. So, interesting point. We have at Georgetown and at Xavier back-to-back this year. Is that a potential candidate? I don't think so. Xavier's just not any good this year. Oh, wait. Hold on. We have at St. John's, at Georgetown, and at Xavier back-to-back-to-back this year. um, All in February. What are we thinking? Is it possible? Does the back-to-back streak end this year? I don't think it does. All right, it's been 2,000-plus days since we've lost back-to-back games. So, Well, we're going to make it 2,365 then, I guess. Boom. 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 There we go. All right, so you got us at 13-3. and three. I mean, sorry, 15-3. and three. Mm-hmm. And winning the conference by, like, two or three games, right? Yeah, I'll say two games. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm probably going to say 14-4. and four. Okay. Um, and still winning the conference by two games. All right, so that puts us at... So you've got four losses in Big East, and we said, what do we say, one loss? In the non-con. I, I, so, think, I think we could actually pick up a second loss in non-con. Some fluke happens. So I put us, that puts us, what, five losses so, according to me, five losses according to you. So so 26 and five 26 entering and five. the Big East tournament. Shit, that'd be great. That's a great campaign. I do think we won't win the Big East tournament this year. I could see that. And I'm okay with that. Uh, and we're okay with that. And so we'll finish out, let's call it, the pre-NCAA tournament campaign at 27 and 6. Probably two or three seed. Sounds right. about right. 27 and 6 with the Big East Conference regular season championship. Uh, a decent enough schedule, but yeah. not great. Probably like puts three. us three or a four yeah. seed, I would think. What is the measure for success in the tournament? For you. National championship. Obviously. <laughs> Title or bust. <laughs> See you in Minneapolis. I, so the great part was I remember having that conversation last year. And we were like, what is success? And I was like, fuck it. I want the title. Well, we got the title. So now I'm spoiled. Uh, but I mean, yeah. In all reality, this year, I would say I would have no issues if we, you know, leave, I would say. If we leave in the Elite Eight, that's no question an absolute success. If we lose in the Sweet 16, I'm disappointed, but I wouldn't be shocked by it. If we lose before the Sweet 16, I'm pissed. Okay. We're entering the season. That's your expectations. You expect to be a Sweet 16 caliber team. We should 100% be a Sweet 16 caliber team. I'm probably with you there. Uh, Obviously, we reserve the right as we see how the team looks and progresses throughout the year to alter those expectations. But, But, yeah, I'm with you there. I think we're Sweet 16 caliber. And I think that's where we should be. Cool. So you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. You got about a 30-win team, give or take a couple wins or two. Sweet 16, second weekend, Elite Eight maybe type team. If Jay Wright somehow manages to take this team after the departures last year to the Final Four, he needs to get inducted to the Hall of Fame. Immediately. Immediately. <laughs> Effective immediately. He's already a Hall of Famer. It's just a matter of when. <laughs> you know what I just realized? We're actually due for a second round flame out this year. <laughs> I forgot about that. So, With a title next year. Yes. Revising expectations, second round flame Second round flame out. Against an overrated or an underrated, underseated team. Yeah. Provided that we win the national championship in 2020. It's a guarantee. 
We have Brian Antoine and JQ. Yeah. We'll be good. All right. Okay. So that's season. We talked about the season a lot. Well, obviously, like Chris said, we'll do some more in-depth stuff, breaking down the conference later uh, in a different podcast. Before we let you go, we do want to spend a few minutes and do some quick summer news and notes, especially around all of our guys in the NBA, since we have so many now. Yeah. There's, there's so just, many there's to choose from. Ample. You, you turn on an NBA game, and you're probably going to watch a Villanova basketball player. Yes. Which is awesome. Very awesome. So every Villanova fan should be an NBA fan at this point. Let's start with... We're going to continue to call this segment the Heart Monitor as it started. And the Heart Monitor is going to be our check-in on our alums. Yes. And the Heart Monitor is beating heavily this it year. It is very Because heavily. the Josh Hart-led Lakers. Woo! Yes. <laughs> Notice how I said that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the Josh Hart-led Lakers are going to have LeBron on it now. Yeah. So we could see some postseason action. I read a couple analyses that said LeBron wasn't sure where to go, but then when he realized that Josh Hart was on the Lakers, he said, done. In all where seriousness, though, it's a, it's a good point that you brought up. In all seriousness, everything that I've heard is that LeBron loves Josh Hart. As he should. Jo- and, and it makes sense. Josh Hart is exactly the type of player who LeBron wants to play with. Yeah. Defends his ass off, gets the rebounds, and can shoot the three. Yep. Right? This is exactly the type of guy who who LeBron needs on his team to be make them championship caliber. Yeah. Right? And obviously they have the Warriors in their uh, conference. Oh, details. But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, and it's Josh is so quick update on Josh. He had an amazing NBA Summer League campaign. So NBA Summer League again is for like the guy, the younger guys in the league, generally guys who were like I don't know two or max three years out, basically and under. And Josh won MVP of Summer League. He just crushed it. He looked like he was just playing on a different level than most of the young guys there, which is what you would expect. Like, right. but he cleaned up. So he's got a ton of momentum. He is right now. In a fight for a starting spot on the Lakers. And Magic Johnson loves him. Magic, Magic Johnson is, loves him. Magic yeah. is throwing out warning signals to every player on the Lakers, being yeah. like, Josh Hart is coming for your starting spot. Yeah, absolutely. So he's got a lot of love within the organization. So I think, so worst case, he's one of the leaders on their second unit. And best case, he ends up getting. Uh, one of the starting five spots, which would be amazing. And look, even if he doesn't end up on the starting five, he's going to get plenty of playing time because the Lakers actually have a pretty solid second unit that they're going to want to use and actually take advantage of some other team. So anyway, Josh is on a tear. He's had a super hot summer. He's really fit. The guy continues to work out. He's posting on the IG all the time. He does two or thing. He does two things in his life. I'm not sure he sleeps or eats. I just think that he either works out like in a basketball yeah. sense, or plays Fortnite. I think that's about right. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. But in any case, he's doing both very well. Yeah, he's really good at both. He's very good and at you both. Know what? Yeah. That's what you should do. That's what you should do. Okay, so Josh Josh was killing it. Um, some of our other guys did not have as hot of summer leagues. Mikhail did Mikhail did pretty well. Yeah, Mikhail looked alright. He looked alright. He's being talked about as kind of like a sixth man on the Suns. Um but there's a lot of question marks on that team. It's a super young team. He's got a chance if he starts knocking down some shots to definitely work his way into the starting lineup. Absolutely. Um, Josh Jackson, who I think is their starter right now at that spot, looked horrible in Summer League. Um, it is just Summer League, but he looked atrocious. So there's a chance he works his way into the starting lineup. And then... Oh, and before we jump to that, social media note, Mikhail Bridges, I did not know this, fucking loves Chipotle. Every other post on Instagram is like, I'm at Chipotle, thank God for Chipotle. I'm like, dude, like, how are you eating this? Like, Also, you're in Arizona. Yeah. They gotta have better <laughs> Mexican food. There's gotta be better Mexican food than the Chipotle you found there. It's it's crazy. Like, every other post, it's hilarious. Um, all right, so that's Mikhail. Um, um, Omari had, so I think Omari was weird in that they kept talking about him positively. He was when horrible. I, when I looked, when I watched his games, he didn't look good. He was atrocious. But they kept talking about him like I he know. was great. He was so bad. He shot like twenty percent or something from three. It was horrendous. And he was he was defensively not great because he's a little less mobile than most guys in the NBA. He kind of held his own defensively, at least from what I could tell, in my expert opinion. Um, so Jalen yeah. looked good. Yeah. Jalen looked like Jalen. Jalen under control. Jaylen. 
Jalen had Jalen was up and down. Under control type of guy, gonna make the team second 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 unit backup point guard for ten years. That's what he looked like, and that's what he's gonna be. He's he's definitely it's got a some, guarantee. He's definitely got some work to do. He did not look. He had moments where he looked under control. He had moments where he was not actually making good decisions. So we'll see. Look, they the Mavericks are very invested in him. They gave him what like a three or four year deal um, with actually a bunch of guaranteed money. It was more or less a first rounder's contract that he got. Yeah, um, which definitely tells you that they see exactly what you said, that, hey, this is a guy that, even if it takes a year or so, can be a solid contributor for us no matter what. DiVincenzo had... He was hurt for most of Summer League. So So he didn't didn't really... I think in his one game or two games, he didn't look great. He didn't look great. But, but like, whatever. And, like, when we say hurt, it's not like anything that's going to hold him out of the season. It was just, like, a little bit of a hurt. They're not going to risk anything in Summer League. So he sat. Absolutely. But yeah, so look, it's exciting that we've got so many guys in the league right now. We didn't even talk about Kyle, um, who's got Kawhi Leonard on his team now, which is crazy. Um, but there's a lot and of... He's a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot of great stuff going on. Really excited to see how our guys pan out this year. Hopefully they all make some good traction. They've got different levels of upsides and expectations, but I just love the fact that we have so many guys to talk about. All right. Should we call it? I think we should call it, obviously, a lot covered here. We have more to come um, as the preseason, so to speak, progresses. We'll, we'll look at how the blue-white scrimmage went. We'll look at how Hoops Mania went, do a little bit of bre- breakdown there. Yeah. Um, we're going to be closely looking at the Big East schools, especially in the early season. And as we kind of get into the season, we'll be giving you a preview of what to look for at our conference. Because hopefully – look. We don't think it's going to be good, but hopefully it ends up being a lot better than we thought it might be. Yeah. Um, And so we'll be telling you what to watch to find that out for yourselves. Love it. All right. Well, as always, guys, definitely uh, subscribe. We are on SoundCloud. We are on Stitcher. Stitcher. We are on iTunes. We are on, I don't know what else. We're definitely not on Spotify. not on Spotify because we don't have like a million listeners. Yeah, they're hard to get on. (laughs) Realistically, we'll probably never be on Spotify. (laughs) So anyway, subscribe on the other things. Um, don't like our Facebook page because nobody's on Facebook anymore. So, I mean, you can if you want. Definitely yeah. check out our Instagram. Look at this way. If you're going to go on Facebook, I'm sure you'd rather read <laughs> about Villanova basketball podcasts than you would your, your uncle's drunk Trump rants. Yes, that's right? very true. So, so that would be the only reason to do it on Facebook. Yes. And then Twitter, right? We're on Twitter. We're kind of funny. We're kind of funny on Twitter. We think so. We like to have a good time. Yeah. We talked about Doug Gottlieb recently yeah. and how he's probably sitting there concocting some dumbass <laughs> way. Yeah. One point, and I got to make it because okay. it was on the thing. I love how the narrative around program has changed mm. in just a year. Obviously, the championship in 16 did a lot, but this totally changed the game. Yeah. Now we're a school that's been to three Final Fours in the last decade. Four Sweet Sixteens in the last decade. We've been at 40% of the second weekends. Who would have thought Crushing in the last day. 10 years? Yeah. So that was my one point. All right. And with that, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks for listening. And as always, let's, let's go, go Nova. Nova.